Every man podcast. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to go as deep, as deep as I could go. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying deeper. to get a little deeper. How does deeper. that feel, baby? Lower. <laughs> uh, Daryl Campbell Jr. How are you, my brother? Oh, working like a boss. Working as best as I can. I'm feeling great, man. That's great. Awesome. Excited. Excited about Zach. Excited nah. about our guest today. Uh, we got a, a, a burner here for you. Uh, this is a, this was an awesome episode. Um, great interview with our friend Zach Rossi. Zach is a young man that we met. Uh, he's a, a production mem- uh, team member for the Dream Theater crew. And uh, he he was uh, the guy that kind of got us around and uh, made sure that we were in the places where we were supposed to be so we could do our interview uh, with Mike Mangini in the archives. And um, Zach really impressed us with uh, his he was he's a charming guy. He's funny. He was he was coordinating with the fans and we saw what kind of uh, he had a light to him uh, that Mm -hmm. we both, you know, Daryl and I picked up on and and we. we started to talk with him a little bit when we were waiting for the for the Dream Theater guys to come around, and he was he was making us laugh, and uh, we were having a great time. He was telling us stories, you know, on the road stories and stories about the fans, and just just he's a hilarious dude, and uh, he's he's worked with some really incredible artists. Um, you know, he's been on tour with Luke Bryan. He's been on the road uh, with Justin Timberlake. He did yeah, he did eight months. Uh, all over the, all over Europe, all over the United States, with uh, Justin Timberlake, and he talks about that, which is, is a really cool story uh, towards the end of the podcast. And um, of course, Dream Theater, and he's he's been out on the road with Dream Theater for the Distance Over Time tour, which was like February to May, um, and then they had some time off, and now he's getting ready to head back out on the road with Dream Theater uh, over to Europe. Um, and uh, so he gave us, you know. People don't really, you know, I, di- I didn't really understand what all goes into a show until I started hanging around these concerts, you know, before beforehand and afterwards. And he really gives you a, a great understanding of all that hard work that goes into what it takes to, to put on a production of that caliber. So if you have if you have interest in lighting or video or production or how to get into the music business on the on the production end, and you, maybe you're a sound engineer and you want to work your way in and, and figure out how to get in. Zach gives you the keys to that in this episode. He tells you what it takes uh, from from being at the right place, being there at the right time, to, to who you need to talk to and, and how to get into it. Um, he's absolutely uh, the definition of an everyman. He's on his grind. And uh, I mean, there's there's not much more to say. I mean, he, he's he's uh, he's an absolute everyman and, and we're, we're happy to have him on. Um, so with that being said, my bro, let's kick it to our interview with Mr. Zach Rossi. Ladies and gentlemen, today on the Everyman Podcast, we have a very special guest, friend of the show. Uh, this is a gentleman we met on our uh, field trip to the Dream Theater tour sh- uh, stop this year at uh, the Tower Theater in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. And uh, we met a young man who is uh, part of the Dream Theater team who impressed us with his charisma and his professionalism and how well he carried himself. And then uh, we fell for him after the show when he was when he was sitting around and joking with us and telling us a little bit about his story. And we just knew that this was an everyman and this was an, uh, somebody that we needed to get on the show. So I'd like to introduce to you all uh, Mr. Zach Rossi. 
Hey, hey, what's going on? Hey, man. How you doing, bud? Happy to have you. Uh, yes, thanks. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, be a part of the podcast. Absolutely. Like I said, man, we, we really enjoyed uh, getting to hang out with you at the uh, backstage at the Tower Theater. Um, so oh, you guys are great. It was, it was fun, fun night. Oh, uh, dude, it was a blast. I mean, but the, we'll talk about the show and we'll spend time talking about dream theater. Um, but first I want to, I want to talk about you. So, uh, tell, tell us where you're from and uh, a little bit about yourself. So, uh, I was born and raised in Saratoga Springs, New York. So that's, uh, upstate New York for you guys playing the home game. Uh, lived there for about, um, 24 years, uh, went to college at Oneonta State in Oneonta, New York, uh, music industry, music performance minor. And, um, I moved to Nashville in 2012 and, uh, almost immediately got on the road and, uh, I've been touring for the past seven years, uh, with different country acts. Um, did my first pop tour last year and right now I'm doing the, uh, dream theater tour. Sweet. So you moved, you got up and moved to Nashville. What, what was the, the deciding factor for that? What made you do that move? It, uh, honestly, so the, the long and short of it is it was kind of one of those like quarter life crisis decisions. Um, I was turning 25 and I knew that there was something more out there for me. And if I didn't, you know, kind of take a, take a chance or a risk anywhere, um, I was going to regret that. So I literally kind of behind a lot of friends and family's backs, I went down to Nashville by myself to try to find a place to live, found that I met a family that had a, a, a house that had a spare room in it and then drove back, told my family, Hey guys, moving to Nashville in two weeks. See you later. And then I packed whatever I could in my car, had no job, no nothing. And just drove down there on a wing and a prayer. Sweet, bro. That's the everyman way. Every you know, man yeah. way. A, a, one of the, one of the common threads, Zach, that, uh, I've, I've come across on these people that we identify as uh, everyman candidates is that you've got to be willing to sometimes get up and go. And whether that's get up and uh, drive a couple hundred miles for a new job or get up and move your life, uh, you know, almost a thousand miles south to a completely new place for, for an opportunity. Um, right. Half the battle is being in the right place. It, it, half the battle is being in the right place, but also it's also... A, a thing with timing because I had actually visited Nashville in 2010, but it, it felt like I wasn't ready to go yet. There were some other things that were kind of, you know, in place in New York still. And then once all those fell apart, it was kind of like, okay, now you have to do this. It's either, you know, you step through this door, go down this path, or you just start, you know, you kind of just stay where you are and not really explore the other option. Sweet. And, and when you're young, you have that ability to take those risks, you know, and, and go out and up, uproot to Nashville. You know, that's something that you want to do when you're, you know, when you're younger and you have the opportunity before, before you make, uh, you know, decisions to, to settle somewhere. And yeah, set down but some it roots. also, it also felt right too, because I actually was thinking about doing um, the move to LA initially, but it was too far and I just felt like there was something kind of missing. But when I visited Nashville, there was this like, you know, a gut feeling that this was the place to be. But like I said, it wasn't the right time yet. Right. So timing, timing was everything. So now when you relocated to Nashville, you're a musician, right? Yes. So, so you play, did you, did you move down there thinking that you were going to be a musician or, or did you move down there with the idea that you were going to get involved in live events and touring? So I wanted to get involved in 
all whatever I could because the way I kind of look at things is it's it's always nice to have your your hand in different endeavors. So that way you keep yourself busy and it's also kind of a good way to make yourself well-rounded and also more marketable. So I was open to whatever opportunity or opportunities were available. That's that's that every man way, man. You know, you got to be a five-tool player. You, you, you that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Hey, did you did you hit up the draft while you were in Nashville? You know? No. So we uh, we were actually out of town for it, but I had a bunch of friends that were there. And yeah. Unfortunately, I missed it, but it, you know, it would have been very cool to uh, to check that out. Yeah, dude. Nashville is yeah. a fun and happening town. I love it. Lots uh, it of was, high. Lots it was of, crazy. It was crazy <laughs> that weekend in town because they had not only the draft, but the marathon was going on. So mm-hmm. it was just like. It was yeah. a madhouse. Yeah, it was a madhouse. They, madhouse. We did, uh, on one of our earlier episodes, uh, in the archives available on our uh, SoundCloud page, um, we uh, covered Daryl's involvement with the NFL draft, and it sounds like a real uh, production. And, and you know, uh, coming from a music uh, background myself, obviously, um, someone like you, you would really, I'm sure you would love to see the all the behind the scenes of a production of that scale. Because, uh, you know, once you get into that side of the music business, it's I, f- I fell in love with that just almost as much as the performance side, you know, getting to mm-hmm. put there's a certain satisfaction you get from uh, getting to a location early, setting up a, a, a show from the ground up. It's, right. a, it's an empty stage. And then what then at the end of the night, 11 o'clock at night, when those people are at their highest point and they're everybody's smiling and, it, you know, you did that. You know whether you're yeah. whether you're the performer. You know, and I run a I, I do a festival with uh, with some of my colleagues, and it's always the most satisfying thing because I get to perform at it and set it up and do the lights, and it's like it's like you you're giving this gift to people. So is that do you do you find that experience also when you're when you're putting a show together? Yeah, and what's cool about that is that can take a bad day and make that a great day mm-hmm. because. You know, which every day is not the same. You get good days, you get bad days, you know, certain situations come up. But, you know, I'll, I'll never forget a couple of years ago um, when I was working for Luke Bryan, I kind of had this, you know, it was like an off day, didn't get a lot of sleep. Just it was we were in Florida. It was hot. It was sweaty, you know, everything. And there was this little girl. Um, she had down syndrome and I was working on stage and she kept just kind of waving at me and I would wave back to her. And, you know, she was just having the time of her life. She, you know, had the, the, the cowboy boots on, she was dancing, had a Luke Bryan t-shirt on and everything. Well, I gave her the set list from our opening act and I went down to, you know, personally hand it to her and, and you know, just say hi to her mom or whatever. And she was, she just lit up. She was so excited. And she was like, Hey, do you, do you want to be friends? And I'm like, yeah, let's be friends. Like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And what's funny is, we've maintained that friendship every time we come to like the West Palm area of Florida. So it's really cool to be able to not only give people that experience, but also if you come away with something more from that, like a really cool friendship, it, it makes things just that much cooler. It's awesome. Yeah, that's. It really is like because you're you're contributing to somebody's emotional well-being, you know, and and, oh, yeah. and you can and people, you know, you can overanalyze it or, 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 you know, maybe I'm overanalyzing it myself. But when I mean, we all we are all passionate about music and Daryl, Daryl had never 
seen Dream Theater. And oh, yeah. when I took him, when I took him to that show, you know, he, you should have seen him after, I mean, you did see him after the show, but I mean Dude. like immediately after the show, like the final note, I mean, he's like, he, he was glowing because like of, yeah. of that. Dude, and, and, we'll, and like amazing. I said, we'll talk about them as a band, but you know, that production that you, you're a part of and you help put together. I mean, I'm looking around, there's grown men crying, you know, like I'm half crying. I got my boys yeah. with me. Everybody's pumped up. We had a great interview. Like the whole thing, man, it's something it's that you like, you know, you did something when you, when you go to bed on that bus at night, you know, it's not like you're pissing in the wind for lack of a better term. You know, you're really when you leave, people are going to remember like, Oh yeah, man, that, that distance over time tour. I'll never forget that yeah. show. Cause I think about, I think about concerts that I, that I saw when I was 18, you know, when I was 17 and, and, uh, it's the same that I do today. Um, so I yep. think that's, that's a part of the experience that people kind of discount. And I'm glad that you're able to appreciate that and that you're, you're even, even more importantly, while you're in it, you realize that you have that ability to connect with people and you can, you can connect with these people that you wouldn't normally do. And, and that's one of the things I love about the podcast is like, you're a perfect example of that is, is somebody that you meet along, along the way and you exchange ideas and, and then you build a stronger network for yourself. And now you've added her to your network. It's beautiful, man. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. And that's one of the really cool things about touring because you meet these people and some become friends and some become family. Like I got a, a group of friends that live up in Calgary and they're like family. And they, we had, they actually all came to great wrestling visit Nashville. Shout out to the oh, hearts. Shout out to Bret Hart. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he's a, oh, he's a yeah. national hero up there. It's, it's crazy. Oh, absolutely. And, and God, and God rest Owen Hart as well, man. That was rest in man. peace. Yep. Just nah, rest 20 in peace. Absolutely. I, was, I think that was just uh, 20 years ago last week. It's crazy. Jeez. Dude, I remember watching that pay per view, yeah. and that was they cut out. Yep. Oh, yeah. Man, that was that was tough. That was tough. But uh, yeah, Calgary, beautiful town. Yeah, love Calgary. But like, you know, I, I actually met some some friends up there that had become like an extended family, and you know, we keep in touch. And whenever I go up there or they come to you know to Nashville, it's just we, we always pick up where we left off, and it's it's like I said, it's just very cool to you know have this network where it's not just confined to you know one state or one city per se it's cities it's countries it's mm -hmm. it's a whole experience and that's kind of like that's one of the things that i sort of find joy in when i you know when we kind of go from city to city is when you just sort of by some fateful design you, you make friends with somebody and then like a casual conversation becomes this lifelong friendship love that stuff Absolutely. Sweet. And and I know I've met, I mean, the same way I met you, man. Um, I, you know, I have a lot of friends in the, in the industry and I, every time I, every time I go see my friends when they, when they're coming through the Philadelphia area, they have, you know, some new, somebody new on their crew and it's yeah. like a new family member, you know, like I, I just, I have this network of great people I've met through just my friends, you know, and, um, I think music draws like-minded people together, you know. So oh sure. So that that also that also uh, that also helps. So now, when you got into um, live event production, what was your goal with that? Like, what what are you working towards now as far as that side of of the business? Like, where do you want to end up with that? Uh, you know, I'd like to end up kind of more of the 
maybe like a production or tour manager side of things, or even just kind of getting involved with like artist management, just really working with, you know, the actual, um, talent, if you will. Cause, uh, I just feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of growth and opportunity in that area. And plus when you kind of are able to see the business on both sides, it's a very vital skill to have. Absolutely. Because you got to be, when you're promoting yourself and I can speak from experience with this, you need to be, I mean, it's, you're, you're, if you're doing it right, you're a businessman or woman and you're right you need to treat the whole thing from the ground up like a business and you need to market yep. it and you need to in promotion and merchandise. And when you understand that it allows you to have the, you know, musician street cred, if you will, to, to communicate with somebody on the other end, like a, like a John Petrucci or a Mike Mangini, you know, like you understand a little bit about what their experience is like, not maybe not the identical of John Petrucci, but you know, you have a rough idea and you can kind of help, help. Right. And that's a good way to relate. Yeah. And it also helps to just not even on like just a smaller level. Like if I'm, you know, if you're doing a show, you know, like on Broadway in Nashville and something's kind of going on and someone's asking you something or like, you know, the, the band isn't too sure how to, you know, navigate a certain situation. If you have experience and can, you know, be a part of the solution that helps out a lot as well, because I, that's also yeah. like, Oh, Hey, this person, knows what they're doing like we'll let them handle it <laughs> well who who, who who would you want to work with uh talent wise zach like anybody that you know you think oh i gotta work with them if, if uh... uh you know there's i would say honestly if i could get the chance to do like paul mccartney's tour or something like that just because i'm a, I'm a beatles fan and i think that'd be just a very cool experience to work with oh, a, yeah. a legend like that that's um, next level. That's like there's yeah. like a layer of there's like a level of musicians now these all time legends that you don't I don't know if there's and maybe they they didn't know this then but I, I don't know if there's anybody now that's going to end up being a a Stevie Wonder or a Paul McCartney or an Elton John yeah. you know like I like I think about I think, that well, I think about that a yeah. lot when I look at some of these some of these artists is like it's so so t- time stamped to now that it, I don't know that sure. these are timeless songs. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, to me, like I look at a guy like, you know, Bruno Mars and that, that guy, he yeah. puts on a show, man. Oh, that he's, guy can, he's great. He can sing, he can dance. Yeah. He's got a great band. And like, I, I've yet to see his show, but everyone who's seen it, like my, my sister saw him at a festival and she was like, Oh, oh my God, it was the best show I've ever seen in my life. Wow. And wow. she's, and she's kind of a, you know, she's got a very interesting, you know, musical palette, but you know, she definitely appreciates a live show and she knows a good show when she yeah. sees one. Yeah, that's they're they're at the top of their game. He's a great musician what, what, too, hell of a drummer. I'm glad we're talking about that. So what what do you guys think like in your honest opinion makes like uh for a good show? Something that people are like, Oh man, you know what? The one that has your sister saying, you know what, Bruno Mars you know, show was the best one she's ever seen. What do you think? What 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 has to be a part of that? I think what has to be a part of it, obviously, is number one, like, you know, entertainment. Like, it can't be boring, obviously. But I, it, the second thing I would I would guess is connection. Like, are you connecting with your fans? Are you are you all together in this? Is it not? Because if, you, if it's just like, you know, audience and band, it's like if there's kind of a separation there, it's mm-hmm. not going to have the impact. But if you can, like, if the entertainer, if they can kind of reach out, you know, grab the audience – by the balls and just take command boom like like look like look at freddie mercury when they did live aid perfect example of that he just went out there queen rocks it and it's the most iconic performance ever nice 
that 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 to me is what makes that when you guys can when i say you guys i mean like when everybody is on the same energy level they're in the same frame of mind with it it's just an experience that's that's how i would describe it sweet well that's like you know i don't know if you've ever seen mishuga zach but that's no, that's like what they what they're when they connect they connect through the rhythm and the music and they get people moving and they keep them moving and some yeah. every every band has a different way of that connection and for me what I think is a great production is like first and foremost your sound I mean that has to be oh, well, of there. course yes you know I mean well yeah. but, but for the Easy reason way. I mention that is because a lot of uh, I mean there's a lot of large scale concert acts now that it's not so much about the sound because when you're playing in a stadium like you're playing the mercedes-benz superdome you know and there's uh 80,000 seats in there and you're doing the in the rounds you've got a you've got the stadium delay going around messing with you you've got yep. all this shit going on and and i'm not i'm not saying everybody is using backing tracks but the reality is a lot of that popular music that's not guitar and drum and bass based okay like non-musical instrument based music they have to do it to the backing tracks and have everything kind of coming through and you can't really tell the difference between what's the track and what's the live vocal because it kind of it flows up and down through the whole time where it's like woven into the live sound so like a guy like myself or zach you know, music, musicians, music professionals will hear that. And it's like, like, why did I come? Why did I spend all this money to come see this? Which is why I love seeing, you know, bands in like a mid-sized place. Like, you know, like the Fillmore in Philadelphia is wonderful. Uh, The Tower Theater is great. Like these places where you maybe fit 1,300 to 5,000 people. Because if you can play, if you can put on a, if you're a good band and you play in a 1,300 seat, a venue there's no way to really fake that because the people in the yeah. back can see what you're doing so right you know the sound is important i love the lighting you know is a big piece for me i love now that that the technology has gotten to a point with led lighting that you know the throw distances are incredible they can launch light you know a hundred yards in the air if they want you know, yeah. and, and it's the timing because of the leds you're not turning a bulb on and turning a bulb off and the fade and all that shit it's instant, and the, the the wireless technology makes you be able to get lights in places you never were able to get them before. So, right, I, 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 you know, when you see a show like what Dream Theater did, where they have this multimedia experience, where you got cameras on the stage to show what's going oh, on yeah. with the the band, and then like you see what's going on with Mangini, and then there's little animations that pop in there, and then you know they're moving around. Like this was a really different. I was explaining to Daryl how this was a very different Dream Theater. Uh, set up for them like they've had they've had a lot of different stages in the past couple years and uh, this was really cool because you had that backstage where james is running around and Mm -hmm. you know jordan comes up with his keyboard and he's shredding and you know the guitar in front of people i love that like that is in dream theater like if they can connect with their fans with all that complexity of that music like that's a skill that they had to develop over time you know just like they're playing like they they didn't just wake up one day and they're, you know, it's the performance you see now that you're seeing the results of a a hardworking crew with people like Zach, you know, putting in tireless. I mean, we, for you guys listening, we got down to the tower. I want to say maybe 145 and all, everybody was working. Everyone, (laughs) everyone was working everywhere. 
and and the tour manager Rick, who we've we've given a shout out to before, Rick is the commander of that shit. Yes, and he, he is. Fucking he is a great leader, <laughs> and, and Rick was the man. And it didn't, it didn't matter whose friend we were. It's time for business, you know. So oh yeah, yeah. And I I res- I, I have nothing but respect for that and that kind of that kind of management style because that's the reason why the Dream Theater shows are so fucking good is because you've got a great band combined with yep. a, a incredible world-class team behind them mm-hmm. and they're working 12 14 16 hour days like when we left after hanging around for an hour with you guys you guys probably didn't leave you probably had a bus call at what 1 2 o'clock in the morning uh yeah i think it was so yeah. so you've got these guys that are working goddamn near around the clock to put yeah. on a great performance for you. So I want to, you know, I just want to make sure everybody understands that, like, how how much work you guys did for that show. So can you yeah, talk to us I, a little bit about what what that's like? Like, walk me through a day, you know, walk me through that day. Like, what time you, you starting, you get on the tour bus the night before at the show. So uh, let me actually, I'll, I'll kind of back it up because before that show even starts, I'm actually kind of doing stuff ahead of time before I even get there. So what I'll do is I'll get a hold of um, whoever the promoter rep is, and I'll email them our writer. And for those of you who don't know what a writer is, it lists out all the band needs for you know for food, uh, for dressing rooms, for catering, uh, etc. So I give that give them that ahead of time. So I say, hey, listen, you know we want breakfast at this time, lunch at this time dinner at this time and here's what i want for this dressing room here's what i want for the singer's dressing room here's what i need for the you know the crew bus for food mm-hmm. here's what i need for the band bus for food etc so yeah, <laughs> gotta have the do <laughs> <laughs> so i do that ahead of time so that way um you know i i make sure everyone's fed and that's important because if no one's getting fed then no one's gonna you know be shred. happy if you no one's getting be fed yeah, exactly ain't no nobody gonna, be angry. <laughs> ain't nobody no, shred no, no fed no shred there that's you go. right <laughs> Put that on a T-shirt. Oh, my God. That'd be good, right? That's a million-dollar idea right there. Sit right Uh, there. But then, like, yeah, for me, when I start my day, it's um, I walk in there. um, I'll meet the hospitality person of the building. We'll just, you know, uh, figure out where dress rooms are going to go, production offices, et cetera. And then when everybody's doing their stuff on stage, which is led by my production manager, TJ, I'm kind of in the bag just making sure that, you know, stuff is set up. Um, the dressing room situation is taken care of. I'm setting up, you know, our wardrobe, um, making sure that James has his thermos is clean, that John Bertucci's got his, um, practice rig set up and that everything is in place and ready to go before the band shows up. So that way I'm not, you know, sort of having to take care of the pre stuff while they're there, because once they arrive, it's, I am all focused on whatever they need. For the most part, until the, the until the show starts, that is. So then, does the crew arrive yeah. before the the band? Yeah, we're we're there um, early in the morning. Like we we all travel together. So what time did you guys get there that day? Uh, we got we 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 usually started our load-ins at nine a.m., but we were there like a couple hours before that. Have so you ever had kinda... any... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Have you ever had any uh, moments where like you've gotten there and you've you've gone through all your lists, everything's itemized, you've talk to the hospitality person and you get and you've gotten there and it's not to your liking like what happens then like um i kind of try to avoid that because what i usually do is they'll send me a a menu and i'll be like well this is you know not good let's try to you know make it more 
uh, variety for everybody. But if there's not anything to my liking, what it is is just we just swap and get the right thing. That's, mm-hmm. that's it. And Sweet. I usually have a person called a, a runner. So I'll give them some cash to go out and buy, you know, whatever uh, is missing or if I need to, you know, or if it's like, you know, if uh, Mike Mangini texts me and says, hey, I need uh, Listerine. Okay, cool. Here's some money. Go out, buy Listerine. And then, you know, I'll, I'll have it for him when he shows up. Sweet. Got to take care of your people. That's, you know, that's awesome. Man. Happy yeah. team. You know, that's, that's, that's awesome. what it, it all goes to. And also no job is too small. I noticed on the Dream Theater uh, the Dream Theater crew, everybody's involved and invested uh, in, in everybody's yeah. excellence. So, you know, everybody knows their role and they execute it is exactly as you would expect, you know, based on seeing how that, that show goes. And it's it's evident that it's that it's um, airtight because, of, like I said, because of how, how great the shows go. So once you're once you're you're loaded in and, uh, you know, the rooms are set. What are you doing up until doors? Um, basically, I'm just kind of floating around between the needs of my production manager or if the crew needs anything because every day is different and, you know, things can kind of just arise out of nowhere. Like, um, you know, should there be a situation where like, oh, hey, like uh, this thing broke, we need to go out and get a replacement or something like that. So it's just sort of being available and on call and just wherever a situation arises that, you know, there's a problem just being a part of the solution and making sure the solution happens. That's a great outlook. So I guess you know where every guitar center and Home Depot is near every venue in the country, huh? <laughs> uh, for the most part. Yeah. But I mean, but a lot of it's actually kind of more like, um, you know, sometimes I'll get um, text messages from the band guys saying, oh, hey, I ran out of this. Um, is it possible if we can get this? So yeah, that's no problem. We'll just go to like a, you know, uh, CVS or a Walgreens kind of get like, you know, if you need like mouthwash or, you know, shampoo, conditioner, stuff like that, just to kind of, you know, make sure that they get what they, you know, what they want. Yeah. So they can keep going. Cause I imagine, you know, you want to, you want to keep your routine going when you're on the road, especially when you got a, you got a high, uh, high pressure, high intensity job like they have. And, and, you know, one of the things that was really evident when we spent our time with Mike Mangini is that, that man gives a hundred and fifty thousand percent to everything he yeah. does, and yeah. I, he whether he's you know working on 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 football with his family or you oh, know, yeah. developing you know some new <laughs> ingenious method of of teaching, he's going to give it his all. So you know you want to make sure that guy has his listening so he can focus because like he yeah. shouldn't. Not that, you know, so he's so special, he gets tr- special treatment, but when you're working as a team and everybody's doing their role, there's no shame in helping somebody do that. You know, there's nothing no, not like, like, because you're a part of something that's that, like I said earlier, you're, you're impacting people's emotional lives. Every <clears> night <throat> you stop on tour, you're changing people's day or week Let's or just... month or, or year. Let's yeah. just get down to brass tacks, man. Listerine <laughs> is important, bro. There are a couple people I know that aren't using it, and they should be using it. Listen, <laughs> you know, every man yeah. has to stay fresh. There's some pallets out there that need uh, some peppering with some listerine. I'm telling yeah. you, so just, just make make sure you floss. Just get get the back. You know, get those molars, man. Yep. Oh, yep. for sure. Got to thaw that thing out, man. Seriously. <laughs> so what's what's your what's the, what's your day like once you uh, so the fans at the meet and greets. That's always um, Dream Theater has a great connection with their fans, and they have some 
really passionate fans. I would imagine that can be a handful. How do you how do you go about at the meet and greets keeping things going? Because and explain to people what that's like and and how the volume of that. You know, I've been following Dream Theater since 2006, and I've I've been to every every stop of every tour since. And I've I've been a part of some of the meet and greets as a fan, and I know how long they are, and and they're doing them in music stores and stuff. So talk to talk to us a little bit about what that meet and greet process is like, and and how do you deal with somebody who may be a little too excited or overzealous? Um, how, how do you how do you handle that tactfully, and so that they still have a good experience, but you have to keep things going because Rick is on the stopwatch somewhere. <laughs> yeah so the way that works is um so earlier in the day i'll get with our meet and greet girl Brittany, and she'll show me where the meet and greet is going to happen so that way when it's time to go i can just walk the band i can i know the path so there's no no spinal tap moment where you're like oh hey do we go this way do we go that way is it this way i think we're down this hallway is it this now no we gotta turn around right here ask the janitor for directions <laughs> you don't want to have any of that kind of stuff so once uh it's time to go i actually my, 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 my dinner bell, per se, is actually a box of Tic Tacs. So I'll go into the, like, to the dressing rooms, I'll shake it, and they, and they know, okay, it's time to go to meet and greet. So that is the, that is the call, if you will, is the, it's the Tic Tac shake, <laughs> as I call it. baby. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Like, yeah, I, 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 you know, I bring the little box, shake it, I dish out the Tic Tacs, make sure everyone's got fresh breath, and then it's... What flavor? What flavor is it? Is it- yeah, what kind oh, of Tic Tacs... Breaking news on Blabbermouth Dream Feeder. Uh, well, I, I, I gotta know, man. Is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it the orange citrus? Is it, no, no, what no, are we I doing? Do we get... the, uh, I do the wintergreen. Okay, oh, that's a classic. Orange oh, citrus yes. is my candy my flavor. Man. Yes, exactly. Stay, stick with a classic. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's right. it. I'm all there. That's good. Yeah, Bra- breaking then, news: Dream Feeder exactly. eats wintergreen Tic Tacs. Wintergreen, baby. So yeah, yeah. Next you know, we're gonna get a box of Tic Tacs at the next. Uh, Next leg of the tour. That'd be great. Well, you'd have you'd have the Everyman <laughs> podcast to thank for that. Sweet, <laughs> nice. Uh, but to uh, but to continue on that, so then once, um, so it's Rick and I leading the charge to meet and greet to bring the guys. So Brittany will be waiting there to you know um, give the pre rundown to everybody, let them know what the rules are. So everyone's kind of been briefed, which actually makes it a little bit easier for myself and Rick getting in there. Um, I'm sorry, who is Brittany? Brittany is our meet and greet girl. Oh, okay. Excellent. Shout out to Brittany, the meet and greet girl. Exactly. Shout out. And TJ. um, (laughs) And TJ. Yes, absolutely. Can't forget about TJ. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, uh, the first part of the meet and greet is they, you know, every every person who gets a picture with the band. And then after that is when they sign things and they do a little bit of an interaction with, um, with the fans. And for the most part, the fans are really cool. The only thing I kind of tell them is like, Hey, just, you know, no handshakes, just fist bumps. That's kind of like the only thing that, um, the band is particular about, but, and also we don't <laughs> want people, um, you know, busting out their cell phones, taking pictures of them, you know, during the meet and greet as well. But, um, if, if I ever encounter a fan that is a little bit of a chatterbox, it's, you know, you just gotta let them know like, Hey, just, uh, you know, we gotta keep the line moving. And yeah, I know you want to talk, but we just, we have other people that are waiting. So you just got to, you know, handle it real cool. And for the most part, you know, the fans, they're, they're just, they're happy to be there. Yeah. And, it's like their uh, big, it, that's it's, their big night out a lot of times, you know, I mean, it was mm-hmm. when I was doing it. Yeah. And, and it's cool. You know, I mean, the, the band guys, they, they talk with the fans, you know, young and old alike. And it's, it's really, it's actually kind of cool when 
we bring him out and there's like a, this line full of people and they just, you know, explode with excitement. Like it's a big, you know, big ovation. Everyone's clapping, cheering. And it, it's cool to see. It, it is. And, and I can, I can say, you know, um, I've known John for a number of years, uh, John Petrucci now, and, um, I've been out with him at multiple places, um, you know, as just civilians having a drink and people come up and he gives everyone their time, you know, and just oh, yeah, always, absolutely. I mean, I've seen him get practically mobbed, you know, and just gives everyone their time is super respectful. So, you know, if you, if you guys are out there and you see John Petrucci, you see Mike Mangini, just, just, they're, they're just like people just be respectful, go up, say hello, but you know, just treat them like people. Dude, we got to talk about that. Like, so, we, yeah. Like- so, we're laughing. So, I want to talk about the handshake thing. So, <laughs> we got to talk about that. So, Daryl Campbell, my man, is. Oh, is oh, yeah, I remember that. Daryl is a big man. He's a former NFL defensive tackle. Okay. Now, oh, yeah. now, the funny thing about this, Zach, is that we just had uh, Daryl's former teammate and fellow defensive tackle, uh, Tank Johnson, on the podcast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. if you recall, Tank was a fucking monster okay oh i remember wonderful guy but a ferocious player okay yeah i we asked i asked tank to tell our listeners what daryl was like on the football field and tank (laughs) told a story that he said he's heavy-handed right daryl's heavy-handed in everything he does and he says we'd be after practice you you have a full full practice and and daryl comes over to shake your hand and he's and he shakes the shit out of you, and like you feel like you need to like warm up before he shakes your hand. And this is Tank Johnson saying, right. "Daryl shakes my hand too hard." Okay, we get out of the car. We're walking to the Tower Theater. I text Rick. I say, "Hey, boss, we're here." He goes, "Okay, meet us at the bus." We walk over there. We see you. That's how we meet. Jordan Rudess comes walking up the way. Now Jordan was meeting with. <laughs> Jordan Rudess, the keyboard player, the the, the 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 classical pianist, one of the most talented, if not the best, p- like pianist in the world. Okay, <laughs> is coming up the walkway, and he and and he thought we were there for him because Jordan was uh, getting ready to do a podcast himself, and we had some gear with us. He's like, "Oh, are you here for me?" I shake his hand and say, "Hey, Jordan, nice to see you again. Hey, how are you doing? Good, 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 good." Daryl goes in, and I. Nearly, I saw my life flash before my eyes because I see him going for the <laughs> handshake. Yes, yeah, and like, I know oh, what's about to happen. Good. And I see Daryl going because Daryl will, he, like, he's he's a loving man, but he's so fucking strong. He'll just give you a hug, and you're you're three feet in the air, and you don't know what happened, and you just can't do anything about it. You're not you're go- not going anywhere, so you just do it. I see him going in, and he grabs Jordan's hand and shakes the shit out of it. And Jordan goes, "Oh,", oh. and he's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, oh Jordan, I'm so sorry. Like he's he, he, like, he's I don't know. He's excited to meet you. I have no, ex- I really don't know what to say right here. And then like, thank God he didn't. You know, he was fine. But uh, you know, when you got Tank Johnson telling you, you shake hands too hard, and then Daryl comes in for the closer. Whoo! <laughs> no, it was it was great. Well, it was, and then and then we were joking about it later. What about Daryl? When I when I met you, Daryl, it was just kind of like a hey man, like how you doing, like real casual handshake, just like whatever, nice nice little pop and everything. But then after you know we were all hanging out, I thought you were gonna knock the wind out of me when you gave me the the, the back the back. Oh yeah, like, he gave you the bro. Boom! Yeah, he gave you the casual, <laughs> oh, I, I got, and you got the then you got the bro. Yeah, when you get God. the yeah, 
when you get the when you I get the see a chiropractor that week because my spine got realigned. <laughs> Dude, uh, here's the thing. The, the, here's the issue. So, like, what what made what made the the concert for me is, and I'm pretty sure you can attest to this too, Zach, is that it's it's not just a connection with the fans. It's not just the synergy that you have with the fans and the artists. You know, just basically sharing their their gift with the world it's the it's them as people so like zach oh, dude you're, you're you're fucking awesome man so like the meet and greet like you were killing you there and then going <laughs> then going in and we sat downstairs and we talked and then like man Jeannie came out but she jordan comes up jordan's like he gives me a hug now he's like yeah i could i could i don't want you to break my yeah, hands yeah, i yeah. need him like you know what i mean but like it's 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 everybody. It's the peace people. It's all love, man. And like that's the stuff that really moves me. The fact that you guys are unbelievable artists. The fact that you back, you know, every group that you're with, including Dream Theater, is is amazing. But it's just the fact that you are just an unbelievable person. And to me, that speaks volumes. Mike Mangini is a family man, and he is unbelievable. Jordan is a, is passionate about his craft, but he cares about people. And yeah, absolutely. you know, Petrucci, the same, the same exact way. And everybody, every every member of that group is the same exact way. And you know, if I'm you, if I'm just, if I have any type of footprint with that band, I'm just falling in love with them. And and it's just because of the type of people people they are. And that's just aside from the talent, which is world. So yeah, yeah. It, no, they're 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 great guys. It's it's really cool to work with them because, you know, you see this um, just the virtuosity that they bring on stage night after night, but you know they're just regular guys, yeah. and they just they care yeah. so much about what they do. So it's awesome. it's awesome. Yeah, and and you can really see that when you you talk to John about barbecue, you know, like he's he's a guy like I, I'm a big barbecue guy, so like we. At the show, we're we're talking talking chicken and, and beef. You know what I mean? Like and and, and like he he loves he loves talking about that just as much Breaks as uh, you know he, he wants to talk to you about guitar. It's <laughs> dude, I was watching that the other night. Frank's and beans. What the hell's Brett Favre doing here? I'm the time to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. <laughs> oh man, Cosmic Canoe coming full circle with the Brett Favre. Oh, I, I remember seeing I remember seeing that movie. I think I was like. Nine years old when that came out, and my and my cousin took me and my best friend in elementary school, Jamie Green, to go see it. And it, 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 when you see it as a kid, you're laughing at the part where he zips his you know his dick up in it. And you're like, oh, it's funny. This is a freaks and beans. But then like I watched it as an adult. I'm like, oh my god, it's awesome. I was nine years old. I missed like all these jokes. Oh my god, yeah. It's always so good to revisit. <laughs> So That's how Austin ones. Powers is too. You go back and watch that; it's, oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, I, I oh love, my gosh! I, the Austin, oh listen, my gosh! The Austin Powers franchise is fucking hysterical, top to bottom. <laughs> you know he? It's so funny. They they had a plan for a little bit. Um, I, I saw an interview because Mike Mike Myers is pretty like reclusive, and he's he's kind of been off the radar for a while. Um, yeah. He he wanted to do a fourth movie. Uh, like a fourth, fifth, and sixth, where yeah. they, where they retold the entire story from the perspective of Doctor Evil, oh, and boy. redid wow. the whole movie. Like, and and surprisingly, that the studios didn't want to do that. Um, but uh, the rumor is that they're working on a fourth one now, which because uh, he's he's been doing some Doctor Evil bits, which uh, I think I think uh, you know the world's ready for more Austin Powers. Yeah, and yeah, sharks. Uh, yeah, but my, my, my only with that is like i just hope it doesn't fall into the same 
um, hole that the second Zoolander and the second Dumb and Dumber and the second Anchorman. Right, which was they because yeah. they, they came out too late, so no one right. was like no one wanted really, it anymore. Oh, no, and, and at that point you're like, just I mean, messing with everybody's nostalgia. Right, like yeah. like for like for me, like I I, I I hope to God they never make like a second Big Lebowski because there's no reason to. Dude, you don't bring that into the universe, man. Mm-hmm. Don't I, I listen? You know what was one exception? Want... One exception to that is uh, Super Troopers Two. I. That, I haven't seen that yet. It I, it makes it killed me. I thought it was hilarious, just as funny as the first one, in my opinion. Great. Okay. I, I, well, every man get, approved. Two every man's up. Stamp. Um, <laughs> a few more questions here before Stamp. we before we wrap up, my man. Um, yeah. I, I wanted yeah. to I wanted to find out uh, how do you stay sane? You know, I know you're, you're you're telling us about how you do such a great job taking care of the team and and taking care of all your responsibilities, taking care of the fans, making new connections, making making new friends. How do you take care of yourself? How do you stay sane? And how do you stay connected, uh, you know, with, with the people you care about most? What, what, what's your plan for that? Um, so I'll, I'll break it down in three different kind of categories here. Physically, the way I take care of myself is just, you know, drinking a lot of water, uh, making sure that, you know, I take my vitamins. If I can sneak a workout in, like just, you know, doing a plank in the office or like some push-ups, some squats, whatever. But, you know, on the, uh, on the off days, I'll definitely hit a gym and just kind of, you know, release some stress there because I'm, I'm big into working out. I've been working out since I was like 13. It's, it's my it's my go-to stress reliever, which is important. And also, if I'm not in shape on the road, that's a big problem in itself because if I can't physically do my job, then I'm letting a lot of people down, and I will not allow that. Um, as for emotionally, man, I, I have a couple playlists that, I, that I've made on my Spotify, so I just I put those on. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. This is, this is going to be, I, I, and I, I have no shame in admitting this. Love me some Brian McKnight. Love me some seal. I throw it in, in the office. Gets everything. From Rose, baby. Dude, I, listen, <laughs> that album is fantastic. Bro, I was just listening to, um, I've been waiting for you in the car like oh, two days dude. ago. Come on. Yeah. Seal four. Great album. Come yeah. on. Great album. Listen, let me tell you something about the Everyman podcast, Zach. Okay, let me break it down for you, bro. <laughs> we got nothing but respect and admiration for for one seal. Okay, oh yeah, oh, one word, oh, one yeah. name, seal. So, fun fact, real quick, uh, my uncle did a one-off gig with him back in the '90s, a long time ago. Nice. Yeah, he, he's the bass player. He was living out in L.A. and he got a call to do uh, an audition with him. So he went down to, to the gig, played a bunch of songs with Seal. Um, he unfortunately didn't get it, but he said he was the coolest guy to work with. Mm. Uh, let me tell you something. Respectfully, that guy fucks, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a Hall of Famer. Like him, he's up there probably oh with, you know, with with John Mayer and, uh, you know, Prince, Prince and, and like <laughs> fucking Gene Simmons. Dude. Like it's, it's oh not even, God. it's not, not even, as well. yeah, it's not even, you know, it's not even close. It's so like, that's a great like the meet and greet and then the meet and greet. Right. Like, right. That's like, like, a meet and greet. Yeah. And, and that's it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what though. Uh, cause I mean, and you guys will appreciate this being Philly boys. One of, one of the best shows I've ever seen was back in 2015. It was the, at the, was, uh, Boys to Man with the Nashville Symphony. Oh, you want to, oh, yeah. you, you want to, you want to oh. talk about like 
romance in the air. Oh and yes, just, oh, dude. You know everything. how many you know how many babies Please. were made that night? I'm t- I'm serious. Oh my god. I bet you there's oh, there's a thousand kids that were conceived that night. Guaranteed. Dude, <laughs> dude did you guys have you guys seen the uh, movie Long Shot? Have you heard about uh, it? Which one is that? No. Is that is that? I'm I'm drawing a blank. Which one was Long Shot? It it just came out. Um, Charlize Theron and oh um, no, I haven't seen that yet. I know what you're talking oh, about. Uh, and uh, Seth Rogen. Yeah, that- Seth Rogen, dude, hilarious and Boyz II Men's in it. Yeah. Perfect. It's they amazing. Sh- they should be in more movies. Perfect. That's a great. That's a great segue to uh, something I wanted to ask you about. Now, I, obviously, sure. you know, I uh, don't want to. I don't want to give away any uh, state secrets here. But um, you, you told me that you spent a little time working with Justin Timberlake. Um, now, I, I now, yes, yes. now, JT, um, I, I'll admit it. Okay, I, I personally purchased two In Sync albums for myself mm-hmm. from the CD store, The Wall. Money well spent. on purpose. Okay, <laughs> I did no that. No shame. No, I, I'm, well I'm, I'm just putting that out there. I'm, I'm coming out as an In Sync fan. That's it. So, I mean, one, who would have thought? I mean, who would have thought that uh, he would have this incredible career after having that incredible career at such a young age? Um, but Justin Timberlake, I watched his uh, Netflix special he had maybe two years ago. It was something about the Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Boys. or uh, the, the 2020 experience. Yes. With the Tennessee kids. With the Tennessee yes. kids. That, if you, if, if you haven't seen that, that is one of the best concert films out there right now. He is so good and so talented. And you'd be like, oh, well, he's just a singer. Yeah, well, he plays <laughs> guitar great, too. Oh, yeah, well, he's just a dancer. No, he's he's like a choreographer, a dancer, yeah. a singer, an actor. He could Former do a comedian. Man. Oh, and he's like borderline uh, a, a pro golfer. Like, I got, like, whatever Justin Timberlake is doing, I would I I would want to know what he's doing. To, because obviously this guy knows what he's doing. So. Yeah. What did you? What was your experience with Justin Timberlake like? Um, it was it was great. Um, definitely very memorable, and um, I'll, I'll never forget it. I mean, to be a part of a of a tour that big with an artist like him was it, it was almost kind of like, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. And it was, and as for like as a as a as a man, um, it was just like. It just added more um, professionalism to what I do. And, you know, I, the, the funny thing is, and I, I haven't really told a lot of people, like, how it happened. And the way it happened, I attribute it to relationships because you never know what kind of friendship you develop with somebody could lead to something way bigger. And the way it all happened was, I was on a break from the Luke Bryan tour for two months. So during that time, I usually do some other work with a company called Rhino Staging, and they take care of uh, the labor for a lot of the acts that happen at the Bridgestone Arena or whatever else is going on around Nashville, whether it's corporate or national touring things. So I get a phone call. Hey, do you want to work this show at the Bridgestone on May 9th? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Just, you know, work for work. So then I was like, oh, I wonder who's playing. Well, it's Justin Timberlake. And I was like, oh, holy shit, this is going to be really cool. Mm-hmm. So I walked in there that morning, just, you know, ready to go, you know, business as usual. And um, side note, my experience at the time was with video production. So I was very kind of savvy with that side of touring. 
So I get thrown in with their um, VO department, and I'm working with them. And the crew chief named Johnny Moore comes up to me. He's like, hey, are you uh, are you Zach Rossi? And I go, yeah, that's me. Nice, nice to meet you. He goes, hey, I'm Johnny Moore. Yeah, I heard a lot about you. And I was like, oh, uh, that's cool. From from who? Oh, uh, this guy, John Preston. And I was like, oh, okay. And I, and I knew John from doing a another um, tour with him. So uh, we just kind of started just, you know, shooting the breeze for a little bit, just getting to work this, this, and that, whatever. About halfway through the loadout, Johnny pulls me aside, and he goes, so listen, uh, how committed are you to the current tour that you're on? And I'm like, uh, I'm on a break right now. I mean, what's, what's going on? And he goes, well, we need to fill in uh, a spot on our crew, and we're looking for people, and somebody – like I said, uh, told us you were going to be working here today. I've been watching you work. I got a face to the name. Are you interested in possibly joining this tour? And I'm just kind of thinking to myself, this can't be real. <laughs> but I, I like it. I like, I like how it's making me, you know, excited for the opportunity. So I was like, you know, hey, if it works out, great. But if it doesn't, it's nice to be acknowledged for that. Nice. As the afternoon is going on, I'm getting pulled over more and more by John. And he's like, listen, this is actually gonna, probably going to happen. So we need to know if you really want to do this. And I told him, yeah, I would love to do this. So later that afternoon, uh, they came to me with, a, with, with dates and a contract. And I, and, I, and I signed it. I, I, I told the, the Luke Bryan camp what – what had happened and they were super supportive about saying, Hey, listen, go ahead and do that. Like whatever you can give us for the rest of your time is, is great. But yeah, we like, we wish you the best go on and do it. And, uh, last July I got on a plane, went over to Europe with the Justin Timberlake tour and did that for the past eight months. Nice. So what can you tell <laughs> us? It was, it was crazy. What can you tell us about what kind of operation he runs and what kind of, what kind of guy he is? Uh, you don't have to so, go into any details, but just just no, so people no, know, I mean, like what kind of guy he is. So he's he's a great guy, and what's funny is when I met him, he was just, hey, you know, thanks for being here. You know, um, he, he actually said to me, hey, welcome to the circus, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I mean, this this is hopefully it's a fun circus, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> but um, no, he was super cool and. Uh, it was, it was actually kind of funny because I never – I don't get starstruck. The only, the only person I've gotten starstruck from was Peyton Manning because he kind of just was there in the same room. And I was like, holy shit, you're Peyton Manning. <laughs> this is kind of cool. But uh, when I met him, I was just like, hey, how are you? You know, employee, employer introduction. But when he walked away, I was like, son of a bitch. I used to dance to bye-bye-bye to you in high school and now I'm, now I'm working with you? This is, this nice. is fucking crazy, you know? That's cool. But um, his organization, it, it's it's – it's basically do your job, just do, do your gig. And that's what he's all about. And he's, he's a very intense performer. And when I say intense is he is, he is so focused before he hits that stage. He, he gets in his little, like, you know, I guess I would say it's an artist mode from like the few times that I've seen it. And when he gets out there, it is, it is boom. He is just all in. And it's, it's really, it's really inspiring to see because you know, he is just he, – he gives the audience their money's worth. Sweet. Absolutely. And, and Zach, I, I, I just – I got to commend you on on the way that you treat people, uh, the way you treated us. You know, you didn't know us from Adam and, and you treated us like old friends and, and that really shows. And 
you are at you have a benefit right now of you're you're surrounding yourself with true masters of their craft and um I know for a fact that you're learning and you're soaking that all in because you I know you're that Always. kind of guy and Always. and uh, I, I wish you nothing but the best um, I hope you continue you know growing as a professional growing as a young man and uh, you know getting everything that you want out of life and uh, I think wow, appreciate I, it. Thank I, you. I really see yeah. I see big things I see big things ahead ahead for you my friend and um, yeah man I wanted to give you an opportunity is there is there any uh, I know you're on social media is there anywhere that people can find you keep up with you on what you're doing uh, yeah, I mean, I have Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, and all that stuff. Um, so if you just kind of search my name, um, that's the best way to find me. So I don't, I don't like that's kind of all I really have. <laughs> so you're on Instagram and you're on Twitter. Well, yes, Zach, it has been an absolute pleasure. Stay Thanks, safe guys. on the road, man. The man. I I will do my best to stay safe. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, it's going to be a, a very busy next couple months. We're heading to Europe on Tuesday and it's going to be uh, it's going to be an adventure over there. That's well, for sure. We can't we we're going to catch up with you when you're in Europe for a little uh, correspondence from Europe. So, we'll see you awesome, soon. Man.